Thank you for having me. We could be done now. I'm good. Are you good? How is everybody? Well, we're here. We're together. That's a privilege, is it not? Have we? It's a privilege. Um, you know, it's a horrible thing, uh, this last season of what we've been in and what we're still in. And I think it was actually this, this church was uh, one of the last churches I was in. Don't know what that says. But <laughs> I'm not going to blame you for anything. Um, but I really enjoyed being here last time, getting to know so many people. And um, thank you for uh, the weather. And uh, it's consistently cold. I remember, uh, like, because I haven't actually been overseas for a couple of years, and I usually spend half the year here, to be honest. Um, when I got here this time, I thought, oh, yeah, that's what I forgot about. <laughs> like, wakes you up really quick, does it not? So I hear that you are uh, and have been in a series in the book of Nehemiah. Is that right? Those of you, those of you that are visiting today, we're glad that you're here. And um, those of you that have been here and in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is one of my favorite books, actually. It's such a, a rich book. Um, I love it because it's all about rebuilding, and there's so many things in there that are practical, um, that really, um, you know, help us for today and what God's doing and what God's saying to the church. So it's a wonderful book, actually. I love it. Um, but I'm not going to talk from that today. I'm going to talk from the book of Numbers. So um, let me just, I'm going to just keep fixing this because it's going to drive me crazy. I, I, these Britney Spirit mics are just a nightmare. Um, I'm going to talk out of the book of Numbers. And when I was praying for you guys and what to encourage you in today. So I know that um, for many of you, just getting here is such a hard thing. Uh, showing up, those of you that are uh, watching online, welcome as well. Um, is that it's, it's just not been an easy season. And we have been in a season where we have needed perseverance more than uh, any other time. Is that not true? Like we have really had our faith challenged on so many different levels. And we've needed perseverance uh, to come from a place that we haven't had it uh, needed to come from before. And there's something about seasons of perseverance that build into us the things that, is that too loud? that build into us the things that God wants to build into us that are necessary uh, to sustain us. And so I'm going to share uh, from the book of Numbers uh, 13, uh, 14 here. I'm going to share about a, a guy named Caleb. When I was praying for you, um, and I was praying about the theme of perseverance, and uh, Lord, what do you want me to say to this church and to these people? And how do you want to encourage them, you know, when I am with them? And I just felt like the, that the Lord wanted me to share about Caleb, which honestly, I don't think I've preached on this maybe 15, 20 years. So I had to really, you know, go back and study things again. But Caleb was a, 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 an incredible uh, leader, an incredible uh, leader with humility. In the book of Numbers, this sort of an overview of what's happening here is that the Israelites are checking out the land. God had already promised uh, his people that he was going to give them the promised land. That promise had already come. Um, but how many know what God said and actually what happened were two different things? And we'll find that similar in our own life where God will make us so many promises. And from what God says to actually seeing the fruition of what God says, there's this 
kind of in-between battle. There's this in-between time of perseverance. That's what's happening here. The Israelites, they're having to check out the land. This is the land that's been promised to them. Um, but they failed to take their inheritance. And it wasn't because God didn't want to give it to them. It's because they really did not believe that God would remove the adversaries that they would come up against. And when we, when we live from the place of rather the battle or the fear or the unknown, rather than the voice of God, it always gets us in trouble. It always messes everything up. That's what's happening here, is that in the book of Numbers, uh, in chapter 13 here, it's talking about where God is calling, uh, you know, his people to the new land, and God is saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm giving you this land, and he says, and I love this, and I'm just going to break a little bit of this down to you just to give you a context sake, because this is a picture of, first of all, when God calls us into life, he, he calls us to run with certain people. He places people around us. How many know the people that you place around us, uh, around you, make you or break you? Like the people that you listen to, they form you. The top five people that you spend the most time with, those are the people that are influencing you the most. If you don't think that the company you keep isn't affecting you, then you're missing a huge part of how God forms us. In fact, God uses relationship more than anything else to grow us up. How many know people have a way of irritating us and bringing out things in us that show us areas that we need to grow? Is that not true? And so here what's happening here is it's a picture of, of, of... Uh, Caleb and Joshua working together and God wanting to take his people into the promised land. And there's a lot of, a lot of interaction here about the company that they're, that's happening here that's, that's really important in the picture that's taking place. So Numbers 13, what it's talking about is he says in verse 30, and I'm, I'm just going to read this here just for a context sake, because this is, God gives the promise and then Caleb has to respond to the, to the people. And when the people come together, now chapter 13 here, all the people are coming together. Verse 30, it says, Caleb had to silence the people because they're complaining before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread out among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored, and they said, the land we explored devours those living in it, and all the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak, come from a Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So how many, you see, they're looking at the battle. They're looking at the opposition. They're looking at the hardship. And I love what Caleb does. So Caleb, God often, and if you look through the scriptures, what, what happens is God often raises somebody up just at the right time to speak the word of the Lord to remind the people of who he is and his promises. And that's what's happening here. So in your practical everyday life, God will bring somebody across your path just to, just to speak the promise of, promise of what God has said and to remind you of who you are in God, and to remind you that the battle isn't the issue, it's what, what's important is what God has said. So what Caleb does here, there's three things which I absolutely love. First, he silences the people in verse 30. I love that, because how many know when there's too, much, too many words, you know, there's a lot of problems going on. He's wise here, he silences the people. Second, he encourages the people, because he sees that the people are afraid. And how many know fear is contagious? And so he can see it. The third thing Caleb does is that after the people complain, we find in chapter 14, 
In fact, the people start complaining so much that the people are literally wanting to kill him. So all this talk is happening. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes says this in chapter 5, verse 3. It says, many words mark the speech of a fool. And when we are in battle, how many know when there's a lot of words and there's a lot of complaining and there's a lot of looking at the battle, it never helps the situation. It's almost the, the words of the fool. But there's a confidence that we're finding in Caleb. And this confidence that we're finding is that he's rising above in the midst of the circumstances. I love this scripture in Proverbs 28, 1, where it says, The wicked man flees, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. I love that. So remember, this is, a, this is a context where they are in a battle where the enemy is much bigger than them. This is like, you know, something that you face in your life where it just looks like, this is impossible. I'm never going to overcome this. This is always going to be this way. This is always going to go wrong. I'm always going to be a failure in this. That's, that's the kind of, the battle that they're in is that they feel like little grasshoppers. They feel like they don't have any chance whatsoever. And just like God does, he puts them right there and says, yeah, but I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to conquer this for you. And then here God raises somebody up to remind them of what God has said, not how the battle looks. And Caleb has to, this is, the, this is the boldness of a lion. When God raises somebody up, and the importance of, this is, I'm not kidding, the importance of listening to the right people at the right time in the right circumstances can save you. This really matters in our life, especially the pressure that we've been in in the last few years, what we're still in, what we'll probably be in for a little bit, is that the people that we have around us, we need the right words coming at the right time, not to remind us of what could go wrong, but what God has said. God is the leader of our life. God is the restorer of our life. God is the one who, who leads us in battle. God is bigger than COVID. You know, there's an element of being wise. There's an element of, you know, you don't have to be stupid to be spiritual. There's, a, there's an element of wisdom, but God is above it all. He's fully aware of what's gone on. He's fully aware it's happening right now, and he's fully aware of what's coming. And so that battle, if we empower it, becomes bigger than our God. And when we do that, we get really scared. That's when fear gets empowered. Is that not true? And so we have been living in a culture, I don't care where you are in the world, we are living in a culture of fear. And the enemy loves fear. It's how, how he operates. It's almost like devil 101. That is how the enemy operates. So here Caleb, he's seen the people are in fear. And in chapter 14, it, it starts talking about, especially um, when he starts you know, saying, you guys need to be quiet. First of all, you need to be quiet. But then he encourages them. And I thought, this is a good leader. Like, he knows that they're fearful. He knows that they need to be encouraged. He knows that they need to be reminded. And this is their response after he's encouraging them. In verse 4, it says this in chapter 14 of Numbers. It said, wouldn't it be better? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So here they're like, mm, yeah, we don't really like you. We would like to pick our own leader, which is like one of the worst things that we do in the church is we start thinking who we want to be our leader. But here's the thing in the church. God is the one who calls people. God is the one who appoints. God is the one who anoints. God is the one who calls people. Being in the ministry is not a job. It's a calling. And when God calls you into something, no man can touch that. Because if God wants something in your life, he will make a way. And here, this is what, what Caleb is so confident in what God has said, and along with Joshua. But they're so caught up in the battle 
that we see that it, it just begins to take them out. So this is the response of what they do. And I love this because if you see this in, in, in chapter 14, it says that they actually, Caleb and Joshua, begin to bow down. And they're, they're, they're modeling a posture of humility. So they see the people in fear. They see that the people are all, you know, kind of caught up in the battle. But they recognize what's important here. So if you look down at verse 9 of what's happening here, because Caleb's being raised up in the midst of it. It says that the land that we pass through and they explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and, we will, and he will give it to us. Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. What is Caleb doing? He's reminding the people of what God has said. He's reminding, and so I think we're in a season where we have to actually remind ourselves of what God has already done in our life. Where has God already proven himself faithful? Because the same God who led us in the past is the same God who's here with us in the present, and he's the same God who's going to lead us into the future. And that's what Caleb's doing here. That's what Joshua's doing. They're doing it together. This is good godly leadership of being able to get before the people. They're going low and they're saying, listen, guys, don't look at what's so hard. Look at what God says and look at what God has already done. And if anything this morning, look at your life of where God has come through. Where you did not know that you would make it. That you did not know that you would have enough money. That you did not know if your family would come together. Or you did not know if, if your child would be okay. Or whatever it is that you've had to face in your life. And here, all of a sudden, God just comes through out of nowhere. And he makes a way. Have you ever had that happen? Where God just makes a way. That's who God is. He makes a way out of nothing. And that's what Caleb's doing here. He's reminding the people that God is a God who makes a way out of nothing. It's a little bit about what Jeff was saying. God is a God that even if we have a little bit of faith, those mountains, they're removed. And if we're so focused on the mountain or we're so focused on what doesn't happen, then we miss what the promise of what God has for us. And right here, the Israelites still don't have their thinking right. It's like physically they're out of Egypt, but their thinking never got right. Therefore, they never got right. They never inherited the, the promised land because their thinking never got right. Chapter 14 here. How many know when you stand up for something that God is wanting you to stand up for, it's not always popular. In fact, if it's popular, I'd kind of question whether or not it was God, to be honest. <laughs> but it's not popular. In fact, here, they're trying to lead the people. They're trying to remind the people of what God has said and what God has done. And the people... What do they want to do? They want to kill him. So in chapter 14, it talks about here, verse 10, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them. But here's the next verse. But the glory of the Lord appeared. There's something about like when we step out and do what God has called us to do, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of battle, God is a God who shows up. And God is a God who makes it clear that he is with us. But at the same time, faith is not always popular. Faith is honestly sometimes, I mean, it wouldn't be faith, is it? It wouldn't be faith if we didn't need, if we didn't need it in order to like, believe in it. We wouldn't need faith if we had everything that we needed for life. It's faith because it's the defining mark of the believer that we choose to believe even though we don't see it. Even though we don't understand it, we still Choose to believe. 
So the Israelites here, they still don't get it. And here God's raising up Caleb and Joshua. And they're trying to say to the people, but God has promised us the promised land. And in the midst of it, they're like, "Mm, we're just going to go ahead and pick our own leader. We're just going to kill these guys off. They can't even see the purposes of God. How many know if fear is so empowered, we cannot even see what God has right in front of us? But I want you to look a little bit here about the faithfulness and the character of Caleb. Because it talks here, if you just jump down a little bit, I realize I'm jumping a little bit. But if, you've, if, you, if you read about the person of who Caleb is, Caleb was a man of integrity, and he was a man of faithfulness. It talks about, in verse 23 and verse 24, it says, not one of them, chapter 14 numbers, not one of them will ever see the land I promised an oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because of my servant Caleb, he has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Now, I love this because if you translate this word um, wholeheartedly, it actually comes from the word mala, and it means to be fully, it means to be complete, it, means, it basically means to be engaged. But one of the translations of the word maha here, of actually, in, of what Caleb's heart is like, is that he's like saying, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to accomplish that what God has called me to accomplish, whether or, not, whether or not the people like it. It's not about the response of the people. I'm going to obey what God asked me to do in spite of all of that. In fact, one of the other translations of the word wholeheartedly here, in fact, if you just break the word wholeheartedly apart, it's with your whole heart. That's who Caleb was. It was like he was fully committed to God and to accomplish the purposes of God. And one of the other translations here, the word wholeheartedly comes from the word consecration. And we find that through the scripture. And the word consecration literally means to set yourself apart. So here's the thing. There's always going to be battle. There's always going to be hardship. There's always going to be opposition to your life. There's always going to be, be things that you don't understand or that you don't like. But in the midst of that, God's promises are always bigger. And in the midst of that, we have a choice. And the choice here with Caleb is that he says, I'm going to be a person that's going to be fully committed to accomplish what God has called me to accomplish. I'm going to consecrate myself, which means I'm going to set myself apart for this. It means to be, you know, someone who walks in holiness. We never talk about holiness anymore in the church. There's something about where we consecrate ourselves that we're willing, and here's the challenge, that we're willing to say no to other things in order to say yes to God. And how many know we can't do that without the power of God? Do you know that you're not even, God doesn't even require for you to follow him without him? It takes God to love God. It takes God to serve God. It takes God to walk in the power of God. And it takes God to say yes to God. And there's no way that you and I can actually live with our hearts fully committed uh, to accomplish what God has called us to do without the Spirit of God. I don't know what your life is like right now and the things that you're struggling with and the things that you're having to push through even to get here to church today or even those watching by line. I mean, you, you know, I don't know what it is that you're up against, but I do know this. I do know that God is a God of promise. And I do know that if God says something, he's serious about it. 
And I do know there's something about when we fully commit ourselves to the Lord, that there's something that he does with that where he takes even our, even our, our, our little faith, our little amounts of trusting him, and he moves those mountains, and he moves those obstacles, and he brings us into promise. So here, I love this because God responds in the midst of that. If you read this story, you know, God's not happy with the people. He's not happy at their complaining. He's not happy at their choices. But in the midst of that, he finds someone faithful. You want to ask yourself this morning, am I a faithful person? Can God rely on me? Can God choose me to speak up even though it's not popular Will I say yes to him, even in the midst of opposition? Because here's the thing. When they sent people out to look at the land, it says this. I'm going to go back a little bit. They spread the word of the Israelites, a bad report about the land that they had explored. Now, when they sent people out to look at the land that had, you know, the, the giants, so to speak, that felt overwhelming, they come back with a, 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 a bad report. So they sent 12 spies out. And only two out of the 12 give a good report. And here's the thing. That means about 10 people got about 2 to 4 million people complaining. So this is what tells us about the gift of complaining. And how many know, like, that's a gift. Like, when we're in battle and we don't like what we see, and somebody comes and just kind of feeds us some report, and all of a sudden we have a choice right there, are we going to actually believe the report or are we going to believe what God has said? Are we going to buy into the fear of actually what the report says or are we going to trust what God says over our life? Are we going to trust, and this is really important because this actually even shows the power of gossip. Gossip can actually travel at a rate like unbelievable. We don't even need the internet for gossip. Like we are so gifted. Like if we hear something, that could travel. If you don't want to, if you want something, I always said, if you want something that you really want people to know, just tell a few people. Because that's gonna that's gonna travel. The things that you don't want people to know, those are the things that travel faster. A bad report. A bad report. Got almost 4 million people distracted. Do you understand the power of fear, the contamination of here? God is saying, I have this promise for you. And in the midst of that, you're going to hear stuff that's not good. In the midst of that, you're going to be, you're going to have opposition. The enemy is going to try to shut down what has the most potential to change you and what has the most potential to change the people around you. So when God gives the promise, and here's the thing about perseverance. God will give a promise to you over your life, and you have to choose to persevere through the, prom the problems and the pain in order to get through the promise. Do you know that there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible for us? There's over 7,000 promises, yet so much of the time we don't live in the promises. And why is that? Could it be that we don't choose to persevere through the problems because the problems and the fear and the bad reports get bigger than the promise of what God has said. And if there's anything that I can encourage you in this morning is one, be careful who you place around yourself because that is forming you into either being more like Jesus and it's, it's getting you to believe stuff that's actually not true or it's either forming you to actually walk in whatever it is that God's called you to walk into. The people who are around us are so very important. 
You notice Jesus only chose 12. I always think this is comical. Because there's still people, right? So Jesus chose 12. Imagine like all of the competition and all of the gossip and all the people going like, well, why didn't he pick me? How come I didn't get picked? That had to happen because there were people. And how many know people are people? And they're pretty consistent through all the centuries, right? Stuff still works. That's why the Bible's still relevant today, because the same stuff that they dealt with is the same stuff that we deal with today. That's why the enemy actually doesn't even have to, you know, change how he attacks us, because the same stuff that got people, you know, two, 3,000 years ago, that's still what gets us. The enemy doesn't even have to change, because it's the same stuff that gets us. So the people that you have around you are very important, because how many know faith comes by what? Hearing. And fear comes by what? You have to choose what you're going to empower. What you agree with is what you empower. You're either going to empower faith or you're either going to empower the fear of where the enemy wants to stop the promises of God over your life. Now, I love this. I'm just going to give you a little bit of context here because at the end of Caleb's life, so Caleb is known as a man who served God wholeheartedly, right? He was a man of faithfulness. He was young. When God did this with him, he was in his 40s. And Caleb was a man that, that got promises. In fact, 45 years later, he said, um, Joshua had said to Caleb, because of your faithfulness, you get to pick any land that you want. And I love this, because you'll, you'll see this in, later on in Joshua 15. Joshua says that, I mean, Caleb says this to Joshua. I actually want the land with all the giants on it. In other words, he wanted to go back. He wanted to pick the land that was the hardest to conquer. He's like, no, that, that doesn't scare me. That's the promise that already, God already gave to him. I want that. Here he's 85 years old at this point. And he says, I want the land that giants are on. There's something about, okay, this is really important. There's something about the longevity of when we follow God. It's not just how we start, it's how we finish. And that our faith is to grow as we get older. And that we don't get to the place where it's like our faith gets shrunk. No, our faith grows. Faith is a gift. Faith is something that's received. But it grows. And the more we say yes to God, this is what what Caleb is known for. In fact, in Joshua 15, I love this because when he says that this is the land that he wants, you'll find in chapter 14, I'm not going to read it because it's too long, and I already know you're going to go home and read your Bibles first thing. But in Joshua chapter 14, there's three times it talks about Caleb. And they, it uses the word wholeheartedly three times to describe who he was. I mean, this was in this man that he consecrated himself for the purposes of God. And it didn't finish when he was younger. It got better and bigger the older that he got. So here's my encouragement to you today. Not just about who you have around you. But also, that whatever God has spoken over your life, those promises do not fall to the ground. doesn't matter what age you are today. The things that God says to you, write those things down. Because as you go through your life, there's lots of times. How many know God's timing and our timing are often two very different things? And God will say something to us, and we think it should happen right now. We always think we're ready for everything. That's the truth. But we write those things down because we remember the promises of God. But then also, you have a choice in what you're going to empower as you leave here today. You're either going to empower the things that God has said over your life or the things that the enemy says over your life. Whether that comes by a person, even though they're not the enemy, there's only one enemy. People are never the enemy, by the way. There's only one enemy. I mean, people make it hard sometimes, but they're never the enemy. 
There's only one enemy. And that enemy has a real plan to take us out. And we need to be aware of that. But the bigger promise of what we have is that if we feed the faith that God plants in our heart, that thing will grow and we'll begin to believe the promises that God has placed over our life. Caleb is a wonderful example of when God plants something inside of us and we hold on to that thing, that God's promises do not fall to the ground. So let me say that to you again. God's promises don't fall to the ground. Those of you that feel like you're never going to change, that your circumstances are never going to change, that your life's always going to be in whatever it is that it's in right now, I'm telling you right now, whatever God has for you, if he's moving you forward, it means what he has for you is better than where you're at right now. And I know that it's hard to let go, and I know it's hard to go forward, but the Israelites missed out on the promised land because they would not let go of what was in order to see what was coming. Be a person full of faith, willing to go forward into the promises of what God has for your life. Amen? Why don't you stand? Let's do a little bit of ministry. Is that all right? I suppose it's all right. <laughs> what time do you end church? Okay. Now that was just part one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, really? No. Um, can somebody come and do worship? Because you really don't. I'll tell you one thing you don't want me to do, and that's worship. I, I'd like to do a little bit of ministry because I, I just felt like in praying for this. Like, there's different ways to approach perseverance. I think so many people give up in the call of perseverance because they can't see the promises because the problems and the pain of what they're in. And sometimes you know what you need? You need somebody to come alongside of you, like we talked about, and somebody just to remind you of who God is. And so we're going to do that. Let's just first, let's just pray God's word over our heart. Like I'm a big believer in this because the enemy is a thief and he loves to steal God's word from within us. It's why we leave. It's, a, it's why we can actually go to church, hear the word of God, and actually forget it and they, you know, when, we, when we leave. It's because the enemy loves to steal it. So it needs to be planted. It needs to go deep within us. So I'm a big believer in praying God's word over us. Is that all right if we do that? So if you're new here today, you don't have to do this. This is not going to hurt you. I'm just promising that it won't hurt you. Put your hand over your heart for a second. You know, fear's been really rampant, hasn't it? And Lord, we're just so grateful Lord, that we have the church. We have the privilege of gathering. Lord, we thank you for this church. I pray, Lord, uh, Lord, that you would plant your word deep within us today. Lord, the word of faith, Lord, that you'd plant that faith deep within us. Uh, Lord, the things that you're saying over our life. See, some of you, you're just... In, had such a cloudy season that it's been hard to hear what God has said. And it's you're, the promises of God, it's just like it's got swallowed up inside of you. And things that have been said to you that have contaminated your faith. I pray, Lord, that, that right now, by the power of your word, Lord, that you would cut through, Lord, where there's any, any place, Lord, that's caused us to not hear you clearly. 
Pray, Lord, that your word would go deep inside of us, Lord, that it would challenge us, Lord, even this week, Lord, when we leave here. I pray, Lord, that we'd be reminded of your word and, Lord, the things that we agree with, Lord, that we would agree with faith rather than fear. I just feel like some of you, you just need more ministry this morning. Just come down and get, get prayer. Just come down right now. Like, don't, don't overthink it, because if you overthink it, you won't do it. But I just feel that there's many of you, and you just feel like this, it's really hard to hear the Lord right now. It feels very cloudy. And the things that God has said, it just feels a bit silent. I, I just want you to come down. Come on. We're just going to get around you. We're just going to pray for you. I mean, this is really what church is for. Church is that we leave different, you know? You need, to just, you need to know that God's desire is to encourage you today. That's why we're here. We're here to meet God. I'm going to wait because I know there's more of you. I do feel like when I was saying that there was a bad report, that there's a couple people here that you've gotten a bad report recently and, um, and you're just really fearful about it. Can, you, can we pray for you? Just come on down, just tell us what it is. And I know there's ministry team here. I need to say, I'm gonna say this because I feel like I feel like if you actually can't really get the encouragement and help that you need at church, then we're really missing what church is for, okay? So one of the things that I'm seeing a lot and that I know is happening is, is that this, this pandemic that we've been in, you know, pressure often, often reveals what's inside of us and it brings stuff out of us that we didn't even know was there. And for some of you, you're really struggling with addiction this morning and you can't get out of it. And during this last few years, it's just made it a lot worse. And you keep trying and you just feel stuck. Like, let us pray for you today. Like, come forward and get prayer. It doesn't matter, nobody's watching you. The truth is, everybody's worried about themselves, so they're not watching who's coming down to get in prayer. That's the truth. But I'm, please come down to get prayer. Like, don't leave trying to battle that thing on your own, because I'll tell you this, you can only do so much on your own you can't do this without the power of God. And I know some of you feel really trapped this morning. Like there's no, you just feel really hopeless in this. And the Lord is here to minister to you. And then the other thing I want to pray for, if it's all right, like I know that there's some of you where you're just, uh, you know, weary from this last season, season which is super common. You're not crazy, like at all. But again, like to get some ministry. And so why don't you just come down if you just need somebody to come alongside you. Doesn't have to be someone, something major. You know like if you need prayer. Like, so don't, don't fight it. Come on, I'll wait for you. If you're in the balcony, I'll wait for you. Is there a football match on today? Because if there's a football match, then you'll come before it because it's on. Come on. Come and get prayer. And then can I get some ministry team? I know that there'd be some more people that are gonna come and get prayer and that's good. 
we're going to do more ministry tonight because I think it's really important. Can't just do life. We cannot do life in our own power. It just doesn't work. And as we begin to pray, I know there's still some of you that want prayer. That's okay. Come on in. Like, we want to pray for you. And those of you that are, like, on the ministry team, if you could just look around and see who needs prayer, that would be really great. So I do need some other prayer people over here. And then why don't we worship the Lord for a minute? Is that okay? Like, let's thank God for this this morning. And, and as we leave here, just focused on him and what God says over our life. Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. Pray, Lord, that you would bring a hope to people today. Can I just get some guys to come pray over here? That would be really great. Thank you. Can I get some more people to come pray over here? So if you've never prayed for somebody before, it's really easy. You just come up alongside. You don't have to get, come down, you know, have some prophetic word. Just be nice. That's the thing. You have to be nice. Lord, we thank you for your presence here, Lord. More of your presence. The Lord is here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage uh, each and every person here this morning as they leave, Lord, that they remember the, the words that you've spoken over us. Lord, we're grateful uh, to you and for you, Lord. Can I get a couple more people to come pray over here?